I'm Matt Valley, and welcome to episode number 42 of the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, where we share the super cool backstories and side gigs of the research and insights pros that you trust. So about five years ago, I was living and working in New York City, and I was working for the great global insights agency, Ipsos. And we had an office that was in Midtown Manhattan, right across from Rockefeller Center. We had an entire floor of that office. So lots of people, lots of departments, lots of lines of business. So you can imagine from an IT perspective, it was a pretty complex operation. But fortunately, we had really the best IT pro in the business in that office, Samaya Williams, uh, there <laughs> to take care of business every day and keep everything running like a top. Uh, now, one day, Samaya announces to the organization that she's taking a 12-month sabbatical to travel the world. And I thought, wow, okay, that's really interesting. Uh, so many people say they want to do that, say they're going to do that, but they, they never get around to it, right? Um, and so I thought, you know, I really want to hear how this story turns out. I'm super excited for her, and I think she's, it's going to be awesome. Um, so I stayed in touch, I checked in, uh, I just had to hear how the story ended. So I'm super excited to be able to have Samaya on the podcast today so that she can share this story with everybody here. So welcome to the podcast, Samaya. Oh, wow. What a lovely intro, Matt. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, honestly. Yeah, I'm so glad we stayed in touch because... Um, just really wanted to hear what this is all about you know so many people say they're going to do it but you just actually did it so uh, i'd love to to dig into that a bit today but first of all uh wh where in the world are you today um i'm in panama right now <laughs> ah great como esta instead of hola i have to get it out of my head it's like they go buenas buenas <laughs> Works for me. All right, so we've got tons of really cool stuff to talk about, um, but let's let's start here. So you spent a long time at Ipsos. So tell me a little bit how you um, kind of got into that profession and how you found Ipsos. Um, yeah, so um, I started, well, how I got to Ipsos, I started in 2006, I believe. Yeah, 2006. And um, it's, it's interesting because when people ask me about like, oh, you know, what kind of jobs you work and everything. And I've, I've always been in corporate, like the moment where, you know, when you turn 16, I think it is, and you sign on the line and they're like, okay, you're, you get your papers to work. I went straight to corporate <laughs> and I never left then. And uh, throughout university, I always worked two jobs um, and I was very interesting. And my last year in university, I had a uh, internship at a pharmaceutical company. I worked at the, yeah. the IT in the IT department. There, um, I established the rapport with the VP. I believe his title was VP at the time over the IT department. And him and I stayed in touch the whole time. Um, and I decided to leave that internship a year after I graduated from university. And he and I stayed in touch. And I think about um, after I left that I went on to do some like 
fun things, right? It was like, okay, I don't want to necessarily go into corporate. So I took like a consulting IT job. And then yeah. I did a little bit of modeling. And then I did wedding planners assistant. And I went into an office and managed the office and did some payroll and then ended up doing some HR stuff. And I was having a good time. You know, I worked like part-time and then in the afternoon I'd go off to New York and do some fun things. And that for me, it felt like I was living, right? And right. so fast forward a little bit, um, about 2000, I'd say 2014, 2015, um, uh, not 2015, 2000, I don't know what time it was. No, 2005, sorry, 2005, yeah. um, Sean, who was the VP at the time, again, I said, we stayed in touch. He reached out to me and said, hey, I'm working for this market research company and we have an IT position and I wanna know if you're interested. And at that time, you know, I was just having too much fun. I'm like, I'm gonna give up this freedom. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. no, I'm not ready. And I told him, I was like, no. And then besides, I didn't wanna, I wasn't ready to go back to New York. Like that was just too much. That was my first, where I worked my first job. And I just was like, it's just too much. I didn't want the hustle and bustle. So I said, no. The following year, the same opportunity came around. How weird is that? Same opportunity came around. And he's like, you know, now we have the opportunity again, but it's in the New Jersey office. And I'm like, okay. So at this time, things are kind of like settling in and I'm thinking like, okay, I'm grown up now. I need to, I need a job. I went to school for four and a half years, studied computer science. So my, you're not about to work in an office for the rest of your life doing office management. Like, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, okay, let's get back into it. So I went ahead, interviewed for the position. I honestly thought I bombed it. And a couple of days later, he's like, okay, we wanna hire you, we wanna bring you on board. And I'm like, really? And now I'm freaking out because I've been out of the field for a little bit, like just a couple of years, but it's always one of those, IT is ever changing, right? So you're like, oh my gosh, did I just forget everything? And so, um, so they brought me on board and I started November 6th. Can I tell you like two or three days later, whatever happened that allowed them to put this position in New Jersey, that was reversed and it had to go. And then I had to move to New York. So I'm like, oh, oh, so, <laughs> so, if I didn't talk to the guy that did the reverse, he was on my team later. But um, so anyway, that was reversed and I went to New York. And that's when my career started really with Ipsos and ended with Ipsos. And honestly, Ipsos was like my first professional role. You know, when you sign on, you get benefits, you get a salary, you get to work lots of overtime hours without overtime dollars. <laughs> that's right. All the perks. <laughs> and I don't know what company does that. I know Goldman Sachs pays you for overtime on top of your salary, but I mean, you know, I don't know what other company does that. But anyway, so yeah, that's where it all started and it all ended. And I just, I, I had a great time there. I really did have a great time. And so many opportunities were made available to me. Um, and I, I don't regret it. Cool, cool. Well, you, you really owned that office when it came to you know anything that had to do with IT for sure you were the go-to person um, and it was going on 10 years that you were there as, as I recall um, so so what changed what what led to this desire to see the world 
Well, you, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you say as a kid, I want to be a doctor and you kind of keep that in your head. And it was just one yeah. of the things where I said, I wanted to travel the world. I've just always been curious as a kid, you know, I've had opportunities, you know, I'm one of four, uh, it's all girls and I've always been the one to leave the nest, you know? So in, in some summers I go <laughs> to camp, they'd send me, not send me away, but I'm like, I want to go to camp or I'd win a contest and I'd go away for two weeks. And I've just always been in that and I'm like I've had this desire to see the world right and um and so I remember my manager at the time I'd probably say we moved to the second New York office uh, right next to Rockefeller Center so maybe like 2009 ish I told my manager I said you know um I, I read an article first and this article planted the the seed again or watered that seed that was already planted and it said like backpacking in Asia. And I can't remember the content, like the full content around it. It's just like backpacking in Asia. And I'm, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. And then I, I reached out to my boss. I'm like, does Ipsos allow you to take some time off to go back? Like, you know, not backpacking, but just take time off to do whatever you wanna do. He's right. like, well, I don't know, you know, you have to inquire. So I was like, okay, I'll ask HR. And not a, it wasn't at that time, but it was something that, okay, I'm gonna ask HR, you know? So fast forward to when things started to really feel heavy for me um, and heavy in a way like, you know, there was work. And for me, I didn't know how to set boundaries then. So it's like you ask me something. It's like, OK, yeah, I get it done, you know, or I'm even when I leave the office, I would go home and I'd be always on my phone working, answering emails. And no one asked me to do that. But, yeah. you know, it's almost one of those Un, uncommunicated uh, expectations, right? It's like, well, you know, we got your phone, so answer that. <laughs> and then I'm in tech and I'm running in all, like it, it was just me in the office for a very long time. And so, um, so I just felt like in a way I always had to be on, but that also was a part of my personality because I, my work ethic is just ridiculous. <laughs> and that's yeah. not to like, hey, that's the, but that's even now, like I, I find it challenging to just find the balance between, okay, two hours work and then two hours get up and go rest or go find, go make lunch or something. That's really a challenge for me. So anyway, um, so there was, it was that not being able to find the balance. There was family stuff, although it wasn't bad, but you know, you just kind of like the go-to person for a lot of things, it becomes a bit much. And then I was also volunteering at my church at the time and in leadership. And I was over at the toddler's ministry. And again, that was like, you have people here to help you, but not really allowing them to help me feeling like I have to take on everything on myself or right. I want it a certain way. So I can't really accept that help. And as a result, I just became overwhelmed and I, I didn't know how to deal with it. And there was thoughts of, okay, do I leave my job? You know, what do I want to do next? Do I want to stay in IT? Already having some exposure to what life is outside of that. And so I'm like, okay, what do I want to do next? Um, and it was just all of these thoughts. So 2000, I'd say 2015, I had two friends. One was a mutual friend and one was um, a friend from university. And I, I ran into them or we kind of connected in some ways form and they it's they I shared their story with me about taking a sabbatical one was like six months one was like three months or something and I was so inspired like that was it it was like after talking to them that's what I need to do 
And it was one of those like divine moments, those just like, you just know when you're knowing this is what needs to be done. I'm not second guessing it. You know, no one can change my mind. I'm not questioning it, anything. I'm doing it. And from 2015 to 2016, um, I just started preparing to leave. And right. when I found this out, I was like, okay, I have to talk to the boss. What am I going to do? And I had two options. They say, no, I can't take the sabbatical. I have to quit. Okay, I'm fine with that. They say I can, and then I have to come back. Mm, so let's figure out a way where I don't necessarily have to come back, you know, <laughs> but then you always want those options because sabbatical, like it's not really known in America. I think more so now, but back then it was something that was popular in Europe, right? Or sure. other parts of the world where they just, and we worked, you know, Ipsos is a global company um, based out of France. And so it's like, they know about this. This is nothing new to them, but to us, it was new. And so anyway, fast forward, I went ahead, started to do my research. And you know, that little trusty handbook that HR gives you? <laughs> when you sign on that you never look through well you know <laughs> you should kind of look through it because there's stuff in there that will you know that allows you to do it you just don't know and so I went through that and then I started having a conversation with HR and said hey can I do this how can we make it work or xyz and so we ended up they ended up saying yes and then we, I, we put all the ducks in a row to allow me to leave and hire a consultant to take on the office while I was away. And that was it. And I, I just went, I didn't look back. I, I just went. <laughs> oh, fascinating story. So, okay. So let's, let's hear about your itinerary. What did you do and, and, and why? Okay. The itinerary was very ambitious. <laughs> So Alexandrine, one of the, um, well, she's my, I call her my, my friend because we stay in touch here and there now. And uh, she was someone um, that traveled a lot and saw a lot of the world. And so I asked for her to help me. Like, I'm like, okay, where am I going? I've seen a couple of countries, but it's, it's been more like vacation themed rather right. than exploration. And so I'm like, okay, I want to see, you know, three or four continents while I'm away, you know, spend three months in each and that will be a year. And so we put together like a list of 50 countries and I'm like, yeah, I got a list of 50 countries and, you know, I'll just go down the list. And honestly, I feel like I could have gotten through maybe like 20 or 30 of them, but I only got, not I only, I was able to see 10 of the countries. And I did that because when I first started, I started in Japan. The first three countries were Japan, Korea, and China. And I spent two weeks in each of those countries and it moved so fast. And I did that because I had to, one, China wanted to know when you were coming, when you were leaving, and that was it. So I had to stick to the plan. By the time I got to Vietnam, I was like, that is exhausting. <laughs> I was backpacking and just always on the go. Like, that's not how I wanted to navigate. You know, I, I took a year off to kind of be at ease, to not work, to explore, to be with myself and not feel the pressures, you know, and that just wasn't working for me. So when I got to Hanoi, I, um, I took like a weekend in Heilong Bay and it was like Christmas weekend. And then when I got back to, uh, um, 
Hanoi, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? I don't know what's next. I just know the next country. But in terms of me being in, you know, Vietnam, what's next? And I remember having a conversation with a guy in Japan. His name was Kevin. Thank you so much, Kevin, for planting this seed. But he told me about, you know, when you get to Vietnam, you know, everyone does it. The culture is like, you know, motorbikes everywhere. But you got to do it. You can run a motorbike and there's like a motorbike trail. You can do that or whatever. And we talked a little bit about it. And so that conversation came up when I was thinking about what am I going to do next? And I already had my motorbike license from 2004, like when last year university. So I was like, okay, I'm not a ride a motorcycle. But it's like, when you get to Vietnam, it's like, whoa, this is different, right? Yeah. And so I was a bit hesitant. <laughs> I was a bit hesitant about that because it was the safety aspect of it. Right. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> so I, I thought about it a bit. And I'm like, okay, let me just go to a, a bike shop and explore that. I went there and I'm like, okay, well, to run a bike or to buy a bike. And then there's the whole, because, you know, I'm on a budget, right? So there's the whole, what's going to be the best? Should I rent it? Should I buy it? I ended up buying it. And because that way I didn't have to worry about rushing to bring it back or paying extra if I was late or whatever. So I bought the motorbike right. and that was $750. <laughs> like you know what a Chinese version of a Honda wing it was like 125 cc's but it worked I had my backpack on it you know it was it was good and um so I bought the motorbike and I set off to the north of, of Vietnam and I was up there for about 30 about 30 days so about a month and I was able to visit like 30 something uh cities and it was absolutely amazing. And so I, I went up and I went to the very top, to Long Phu, the uh, very top of uh, the, the, top, the most northern point of Vietnam. And then I came back down. And when I hit Hanoi, I, again, I was like, oh, gosh, there's a post on my, on my Instagram where I'm just literally out on the floor. And I'm like, wow, like that was an adventure. And so I kind of kicked it for a little bit in Hanoi, like about a week or two, just to settle in. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to continue riding out. <laughs> so then after two weeks, I continued down to uh, the south, um, to the south of uh, Vietnam. And ultimately, I crossed the border to Cambodia and then crossed the border to Laos. And I was on the motorbike for four months before selling it to some French guys that were going back to Vietnam. So I'm like, yay, okay, take my baby back. <laughs> and my baby's name was Sui. So take her back to Vietnam where she belongs. And, and that's what I did. And that, that, was, that was the highlight of my journey, to be honest. And I would not change it if you, if someone paid me to or asked me, so I would not. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So, so once you got to Vietnam, it was kind of like all bets are off about your original itinerary, right? It's just, mm -hmm. you go where, where life takes you, so to speak. Mm -hmm. right? Cool. So what, what are, um, what are maybe your favorite your favorite stories from, from that experience? Is there something oh. that sticks out more than others? <laughs> yes. So whenever someone asks me that, there's always the stories of when I'm on, a, on the motorbike, I, you know, I didn't get this sense of timing, right? So I'd leave when I want to leave. I'd wake up when I want to wake up. But you really need to set out early so you can get to your destination and it's not dark. There was always the stories where I'm like, okay, I'm riding into the dark. 
oh my gosh, I'm in the mountains. Oh my gosh, there's gonna be a lion or a tiger that's gonna jump out and eat me. What if I can't find a hotel? I have to sleep on my bike. How am I gonna do that? I'm always overthinking, but it's for the purpose of trying to like making sure I'm prepared for that. You know, there's nothing I haven't thought about. Okay, so if I thought about this, what is next? But there is a story that sticks out. I think I ended up leaving late and it was getting late and um, also during the, it was kind of like rainy season too, because I was in Vietnam for so long, but right. like there was a part of the road in the mountain where I cut down because I used um, Maps Me and Maps Me has these little like um, in inland roads. And so those are the roads you want to take because you get to see the country, you get to see the culture, the people, the small villages. And so those are always the roads that I took. And so there was this road that told me to go to my right. I veered up to the right and it was like not paved. It was full of mud, like, you know, the red mud, the adobe color mud and Sedona with the rock, like that yeah. kind of mud. Right. <laughs> <It was> nasty. <laughs> okay if I drop my bike I'm gonna be full of mud and it's kind of one of those like you know you feel like a kid you don't want to get nasty and muddy yeah. and I'm like I don't want to do that so I was very careful and then I went down took all of my mental energy and I went down this road and finally I passed the part where it was dirt and I got to the end and it's a dead end and I'm like are you kidding me there's nowhere to go <laughs> nowhere to go but back the other way and I'm like I cannot do it. I cannot do it. <laughs> Mentally, I cannot. So I get to the end of the room and there's this, this house, like a couple, maybe like two houses. And there's this woman outside washing her clothes in the little, little bucket. And I'm like, where do I go? And she's like, and I'm like, no, I can't. Can I stay at your house? <laughs> she's like, I'm like, me, sleep, your house. <laughs> and she's like, and so I pull out the translator, thank God for Google Translator. And um, I, I translate it and she's like looking at me like, okay, this is very weird. And so she gets on the phone and calls someone and I later found out it's her husband. He works in the town near like, you know, the next town over where they do right. business. and. I guess he says yes or whatever. So she's like, okay. And I offered to pay her, you know, I'm like, I stay at your house, but pay you, no worries. And uh, so I go into the house and there really wasn't much dialogue going on, but for some reason I felt like it was okay. It was like, all right, no problem. So I sat out on the porch for her, with her for a little bit. And then she invites me in the house. She feeds me, I get comfortable. There's like a, she had a daughter. And we're watching TV a little bit. It's getting late. I'm like, okay, I'll go to sleep. She shows me where I'm going to stay. I had my own room and it was nice and clean, you know. And then I get ready for bed. And, you know, at this time I'm like in my PJs. It's kind of cool because I'm in the mountains and I have my little scarf on and everything. I'm just ready for bed. I do my late night check-in, social media. Okay, done. Now, going to sleep. Boom! What, what, what's going on? And then I wake up and like her whole family comes into the room, right? Oh, it's wow. Like sister, it's like the sister, sister. It's the, it's the brother, the cousin. It literally was like four or five of them. They come in the room 
room and I felt like they were the police and I was being interrogated. It right. was like, and I get it, you know, you do, you're like, what are you doing here? Whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, really guys, it's like six of you, one of me, I'm a female, I'm super slim. You, what am I gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> and so she, one of the, the, I think the sister, she comes in, she's like asking me all these questions. Why are you here? Why didn't you go to a hotel? Why, you know, where are you from? And blah, blah, blah. So I started asking, telling her like, you know, it got late. It was muddy. I could not go back up that way. And I'm from, you know, the States. And I didn't know if there was a hotel nearby or whatever. After they got through, like, okay, she's cool. Then they're like, okay, selfie time. And it was like, I don't know what time it was. It was probably like 10 or 11. We're like selfie. We took like half out, like a half hour full of selfies, like selfie session. And then I'm like, okay, guys, you know, I love to interact with the locals. That was like the experience of my journey. But like, I'm like, okay, night, night time. I have to go to sleep, please. And so I, after they left, I honestly had to record this, and it's somewhere on my face, my Facebook page. And that was it. And I went to bed and it was like, okay, got up in the morning. I think she made me breakfast and then I left and that was it. And I don't even think she took my offering, right? Yeah. <laughs> to pay for the night. But like, it was just that, that was it. And that was my experience. Like, I think that was the seal breaker for all the other times where I just randomly stayed at people's homes and it was safe and I'm alive and some of the highlights of my my 18 months away in Asia. Oh uh, wow I'm sure there are so many cool stories uh in addition to that but I just I just love that I love that that's awesome um so so you ended up uh staying longer than you expected right um so yeah. tell us about tell us a little bit about the return back to normal life <laughs> mm. so <clears throat> it was after like 12 months obviously you know I'm like I think at this point I was in Thailand and I'm like uh okay I'm, it's it's 12 months is approaching and I need to decide what I'm gonna do but it was like I'm not ready to go back you know and uh so I'm like okay well I have to have the conversation so I ended up calling my boss at the time and saying, hey, you know, I, I'm not ready to come back. And so, you know, I, I guess I'm just going to have to resign when I, uh, actually I was in Myanmar and, um, and he's like, yeah, you know, no problem. I understand and blah, blah, blah. And because I worked with the CEO, both CEOs, like really closely, right. But at this time, um, the current CEO and, um, I had to tell him, I was like, okay, I have to give him a call. And that was, I feel like that was the harder call to make <laughs> because yeah. I felt like we had more of a rapport than my actual boss. Cause you know, he's there. I support him all the time. And so I'm like, I call him, he's on his way to the airport. And I'm like, you know, Hey, I, uh, I'm, I'm not ready to come back. And so, you know, I spoke to, um, animals, my boss, and, uh, I need to, I'm, I'm going to resign, I guess. And he's like, well, uh, when are you thinking about coming back? What do you know? And literally, Matt, I'm on the other end and I'm like, oh, I quit. I have <laughs> he doesn't know this story, right? But if he ever watches this podcast, he's going to be like, really? But um, so I, didn't, I didn't know, you know? And 
I'm like, wow, is this really happening? Like, is he offering me more time to think it out and to decide what it is that I want to do? And I was so grateful. And I was like, I don't know, six months? And uh, he was like, okay, well, we have things in place. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing's on fire right now. So take the time. And, you know, when you get back, we will discuss it or whatever. And I'm like, wow, okay, thank you so much. <laughs> you know? I hang up and my travel continues on and again I think it was about like April so maybe like four months or so in uh, four months extended after the 12 and um, I'm like okay well it's getting to that point again and at this time I was getting like in my head I want to see my family you know and it wasn't like I just miss them miss them but I'm like okay I've already decided that living abroad is something that I want to do and I want to travel more. So that was already decided. And then it was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I need to go back home and I need to wrap up a few things, right? There's my things I need to put away or I need to, you know, just work, it's family and all that. And so in uh, June, it was, I'm like, okay, I booked my ticket. And then July, like the weekend of July 4th or something like that, I went home. I surprised everyone. No one knew I was coming home except like, two or three people from my emergency contact it was four of them and I didn't want my mom to know because I was going back to her house so I knocked on the door it's like 11 o'clock at night and she's like who is it and I'm like open the door you know like it's important I open she opens the door and she's like oh my gosh that's crying so excited to see me and um so it was my grandmother and um and yeah so it was like being back home it was like uh I don't know. It felt, it felt weird. It felt good to see my family, but then it felt weird because it's like, oh, this is what it's like to be back home. There's yeah. a whole world out there. I just experienced a whole world, a portion of the whole world. Yeah, no, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it was like, um, it was like, okay, spending the time with them, deciding what I wanted to do with my job. I ultimately ended up resigning because I was like, yeah, I can't go back. I can't go back to something I already knew at this time now, including the sabbatical was about eight years. And I was like, I, I just can't go back to that. I didn't want to get back to get back into the hustle and bustle of things. I wanted to just maintain this uh, kind of sense of peace or just calm and kind of flow and ease. And ultimately, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do, you know? And, um, and so that was it. I resigned. And I was like, okay, October of 2018, I'm leaving. I'll step back out. But ultimately, that changed. Um, some things came up with my dad, and I had to go down to Virginia and, and help him out with that. And that was a bit of back and forth. And then I took pull 2019 to kind of prepare. And then here we go, COVID came and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not going anywhere right now. <laughs> and then fast forward, you know, I uh, met my partner now and, you know, she was like, okay, we kind of like our, our plans was in alignment in terms of leading again. And so in October of 2020, we left together. We started in Mexico and then Costa Rica um, and then uh, Panama. And that's been it. I'm like, so now I'm on this journey again and I'm looking for a home. I'm looking for a home abroad. And wow. I'm trying not to move so much because it's because I'm working one, 
two, I'm carrying a lot of luggage and that's not fun. Yeah. Um, but also three, it's like, I just want to kind of feel, can I live here for an extended period of time, you know, and maybe not forever, but at least two years straight, you know? So that's, that's kind of like where I am now and, and what that feeling was like when I went home, it just was like, it's the same thing. I was maybe 36 ish or 37. I don't even know when I went back and it was like, that was my whole life in America. That's all I knew. I know what it was like. And I just, it was just, I felt like something else is out there and I, I need to explore that and I need to discover it. And I need to, I need to just expand. And that I felt like that's the only way I could do that. Yeah. Here I am. Yeah. Once you kind of discover that wanderlust, it's, it's a genie that you can't put back in the bottle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I understand that. So, so with everything that you've learned and, and, Experience. You mentioned you're working now. How does what you've learned translate into what you're doing now and what you might expect to do in the future? Um, wow. So I've learned so much in that time away, honestly. And I, I probably will get a little teary-eyed, so I won't apologize because I okay. tears are very you. important. No, no. <laughs> but um, I learned so much about myself and just being courageous you know people people say that like oh my gosh you're so brave I can't believe you did that and I'm like really I just did it you know I didn't really think about it when I there's those moments where I really sit and I'm like yo I did that you know it's like give you know pat yourself on the back a little bit um but I learned so much about myself like I can do I can do it whatever I put my mind to I can do it you know I also discovered like I'm someone that just loves and values and appreciates freedom like the freedom to be creative the freedom to just go and move and the freedom to be true to who I am and how I want to show up as Samaya as a black female um, in this world and like I wanted to remain true to that and I discovered that I tapped into that when I was on that trip and I'm like there's no way I'm going back to the more sheltered Samaya you know and even like honoring my voice and how I feel, you know, it's like, if you know me, you know, you're going to know how I feel, right? It's like, now I'm saying that and I don't want to, not that I didn't do that before, because I think that's a, a quality that the, you know, the people that I worked with, even at Ipsos, they appreciate it. Like, you know, I never wavered or I never treated anyone differently I've always been true to who I am and like everyone I don't care who you are exec level or just an entry level you're going to get treated the same way and I I think I can say that Matt you can speak true. to if I was to sample size of one here but uh, definitely true <laughs> so that was you know so that was um that was always me and I just wanted to continue that and I wanted the freedom to just work where I wanted to work and um, do what I wanted to do. If I wanted to be in tech one day, great, I can do that. If I did not want to do it, then okay, tomorrow I'll do something else and I'll go back to tech the next day. You know, I just wanted that freedom. And so in 2020, I, I ended up starting my own 
consulting company, Divine Consultants, which is a tech and lifestyle consulting company. So it, it allows me, the lifestyle part of it allows me to do the other things, right? The other things that I tapped into outside of tech. And um, I started that in 2020. I've had a couple of clients so far, actually a few, more than two, so a few. And it's been going good. And that's kind of what I'm focusing on now and allows me the opportunity to just show up and run my business based on the things that I value and what's important to me. It also allows me to choose the client that I want to work with. It's not about money for me. It's never really been about money for me. You know, money is great because it allows you the freedom to do things like travel the world without worrying about stuff. But, you know, it's not everything. It's not your mental peace. It's not, you know, the the joy or just, it's not any of that, you know? And so that's kind of how I want to show up in my business. That's what I want to extend to my clients. Um, and, you know, if it's not a right fit, it's just not a right fit. I want to, you know, be able to make that decision. Um, so that's, those are some of the things that I'm just bringing into the Samaya now, the Samaya that I'm continuing to cultivate on a daily basis, the Samaya that now owns her own business. And I just, I just want to be the person you're talking to now is a person that you would talk to off camera, you know, like that's how I want to be. I want to be consistent. I want to be intentional. I want to live life on purpose every, every minute. Like I want to feel, and sometimes that's not so good. Cause I have friends that go, you know, so I feel everything. And I'm like, yeah, it's meant to be felt, <laughs> you know, yeah. but you know, it's, it's, that's how I want to live life. I want to live life like that. And so that's what I'm taking from that experience and um, trying to just apply it to my everyday life, my business life and whatever I choose to do. Yeah, it's so inspiring. I, I just have to say, you know, what's what I love to hear from what you're talking about is related to something I think about, which is I never want to get to a point where it feels like the world is no longer this huge um, this huge base of possibilities, right? Where all of a sudden you're on the track and that's the last track, right? It's still, sounds like for you, it's still just totally wide open, you know? Uh, where, where life takes you uh, is where it takes you, but it could be so many different directions and it's really exciting. Right, and, and allowing yourself to just be open to that, right? Because I feel like there's always this, um, you know, resistance or, you know, we have our plan. But we always have our plan. I want to climb the ladder. I want to be CEO. I want to be this. I want to be that. And those are great, right? But I think we get so uh, laser focused in that path that we don't allow um, spirit, the divine or purpose to set in and allow us to shift, allow us to, you know, change the trajectory of where we think we should be going and where we really need to go to really get to ultimately what it is we're trying to manifest, you know? And I think it's important to find that balance. It's, it's okay to have your goals, but leave that little door, leave that little space open to right. change. Cool. cool. So Smile, is, is there any media like books or podcasts or anything that you follow that provides ongoing inspiration for you that you can share? So, you know, Matt, I'm all things like, okay, how does the human mind really think? You know, uh, what about how do we relate with each other? Relationships and love and all those things. So anytime 
you know, there's a conversation. I'm like, ooh, okay. So I have a list of like people that I'm kind of like cycling through right now on a podcast. I mean, like, I'm not like a, a heavy reader. I don't know. I've never been, but anyway, so I substitute my podcast or audibles for those, but I'm circling or rotating Mark Rose, creator of Create the Love. Um, you've heard of him? Uh, I have. Yeah. Okay. Great. I love Mark. And then there's Jay Shetty, who talks about, you know, On Purpose. Um, that's his podcast. And then there is um, uh, Coming Home by Dr. Therma. She's a therapist. And I love that because it's about coming back to yourself, like reconnecting to yourself and the things that you really want. Um, and then there's also um, I'm a part of this podcast, which is TAP. Um, people are, uh, therapists are people too. And that's that's really interesting because you you know I've started going to therapy during COVID and it's just nice to kind of see the other side of the person not just yeah. so tell me about your day today how do you want to deal with this so it's nice to see them as humans and it's three of them and uh, they just let the hair down let the guard down and they talk about a bunch of different random topics so those are my my go-tos at the moment okay okay great great so you know, this is this is a rock and roll research podcast, Samaya. So um, <laughs> this has just been absolutely fascinating, uh, but also equally fascinating. It's just a question I have to know, right? So you're stranded on a desert island, which very well may happen someday, right? Maybe it's also actually. <laughs> so so if and when that does happen, mm -hmm. uh, let's say you've got three records of your choosing company for the rest of your days. So what are those records? Okay, so if I'm magically stranded on an island, I'm gonna magically create my own records. You know, back in the day when you create your own cassettes and you record oh, yeah. your songs. Okay. So I'm gonna magically record my own songs on these. <laughs> so one, there would probably be like three categories, right? One would be more of my spiritual grounding. So I have to have my Hill song in there, a song that I like right now that it's on rotation. It's called Awake. Another song that I really played uh, during my travel was Oceans. And then I need to have my soulful love jams. You know, I need to feel yeah. like someone's holding me and I want to dance and, you know. So I need to refer to my Whitney Houston. And I need to refer to my Anita Baker, Patti LaBelle. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then I need to have my turn-up music, because we all have to have. So your turn-up music is probably rock and roll, right? My turn-up music is more like uh, Beyonce. So I think anything Beyonce that's very fast paced and like, hey, let's party, that's going to be my mixed album. So those are my three, my three categories, and I'll make my own mix, and they will magically appear on the island with a magic record player. It's got to be on vinyl. I mean, that's that's the way to do it. So, all right, um, super cool. Well, I look forward to that day. You know, uh, let me know when you're there, or you know, come by and say hello. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me know where to find it. You know, give me the GPS coordinates. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. Excellent. Well, this has just been such a wonderful, inspiring conversation, Samaya. I'm so glad that we're able to close the loop um, and 
satisfy my own curiosity for your travels and, um, and where it's taken you, not just physically, but but also mentally and spiritually. So it's uh, it's great to be chatting with you here today. I really appreciate it. And rock and roll. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Thanks right. so much, Matt. It All was right. so much fun.